Hey, entrepreneurs and website owners, if you're ready to take your online presence to the next level, you need a reliable web post. And that's where HostGator comes in. HostGator is your one-stop solution for easy, affordable, and powerful web hosting. Whether you're launching a blog, an online store, or anything in between, HostGator's got you covered. Don't miss out on creating the website you've always wanted. Visit milwaukeemafia.com slash HostGator today and let your online journey begin. Hey, Milwaukee Mafia listeners. I'm David Kelso with the Appleton Podcast Co-op. Have you ever wondered what it's like to start a podcast? I recently sat down with Eric Walterkins, one of the co-hosts of the Milwaukee Mafia podcast that you're about to listen to, and talked about what it takes to start a podcast. If you want to hear a little bit more about the backstory behind not only your hosts, but the process of podcasting, check it out. Just look up appletonpodcast.com or check the link in the show notes. And thanks to the Milwaukee Mafia for being a member of the APC. On to your show. You're listening to Milwaukee Mafia, your weekly podcast dose of Wisconsin Mafia and true crime history. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Milwaukee Mafia podcast. This is our first podcast mini episode we're calling them where Gavin is going to take some of the audience's questions and give you an answer to them in this in a short little episode. So the first question we're going to start with is what are some of the biggest myths or misconceptions about the mafia? Take her away Gavin. Oh well okay. Um, I I guess the biggest thing uh it's just sort of the general image we get of these guys in our head, um, you know, from the movies and things like that. Most of them aren't going around in nice suits. I mean, sometimes they do, but most of the guys don't. These are just normal, everyday guys. They have, you know, a lot of them have day jobs. They work in a factory. They have families they go home to. It's it's not like they're hanging out in the club 24-7 and... And constantly planning on who they're going to kill next, that sort of thing. I mean, it's these are real people when it comes down to it, you know. And and when you read about them, or especially when you watch the movies, you get the idea that like all they're doing all day long is just scheming up ideas and things like that. And that's not really accurate. I think another misconception is just how much money there is uh, in the business. And everybody lies about this. The newspapers, I think, generally exaggerate the amount of money that these guys are pulling in. I think law enforcement generally exaggerates the amount these guys are pulling in. And I think they exaggerate how much they're pulling in. So are you, like you just, you alluded to before that they all have jobs. For the most most part. A lot of them work in factories and stuff like that. Are you saying that... They work in factories because that's a necessity. Because being in the mafia isn't enough to sustain to sustain yourself, or is yeah. that more of a trying to kind of give themselves an authentic, you know? Yeah, yeah. Name? I mean, you know, you want to look legitimate, so there's that. But really, I mean, it's a necessity. Some of the guys, especially at the top they could probably live off of what's coming in. I'm sure they could if they wanted to. But most of these low-level guys, I mean, they're not getting crap. You know, they're out there 
um, running gambling things, and they're taking in, you know, five, ten dollar bets. And of course, those add up when you take in enough of them, but it's not like they're pulling in hundreds of dollars a day. And even if they were, they have to give most of that to the guy above them. And of course, they got to pay out to the gambling winners. So they don't keep all the money coming into them every day. So it's just, they're not, nobody, well, I shouldn't say nobody, but almost nobody is a millionaire off of this business. Do you, would you say that the mafia, like, let's take Milwaukee small community, mm-hmm. the Milwaukee mafia, was it a accumulated million dollar business? Like, was it generating, do you think, a million dollars in a year? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, as a whole, yeah, they were making millions, but but not not everybody was. I mean, most of them weren't making anything. They were making, you know, maybe enough to buy a new set of clothes or a new car a year or something. I mean, they weren't they weren't doing well, but yeah, up at the top, I mean, when especially at their peak in the Vegas years, and they're pulling in hundreds of thousands of dollars at a time off of off of casinos that they're you know stealing right out of the casinos. Well, then yeah, that's big money, but that's not going to the the little guy. Little mm-hmm. guy's not seeing that. So yeah, I mean, most most people like even when they're bringing in the biggest money they can. Nobody sees that money. Just a handful of people who divide it up. So I I guess, can you t- talk a little bit about, so if being down at the bottom in the mafia doesn't sound like that lucrative of a thing to be, you're obviously putting your life at risk at all on yeah. a regular yeah. basis. It's a very dangerous thing. You're, you're breaking the law and consistent. I mean, it's inevitable that people down at the bottom are probably the most likely to get caught and get busted and thrown in jail. Yeah, I guess that's that could be so, sure. So would you say that are these people doing this because they're aspiring to get to the top? Are they doing this because it's just like such a culture within them that like, is it almost respected as an, if you're an Italian to be in the mafia? Or what's the motivation behind yeah. getting into the mafia if they're not making that much money? Yeah, I mean, I think to some degree it has to be they want to move up and and get more money. I mean, that has to be part of it. But a big part of it is cultural, which you see less of that in Milwaukee because it's a smaller community. I mean, New York, New Jersey, it's an entirely different story. I mean, there, everybody knows who the guys are. You know, you're not supposed to know, but everybody knows. And you kind of look up to them as a kid. You're like, that guy is so cool. I want to be like that guy. Okay. And so it is a cultural thing because you know then when you are that guy, there's going to be other kids who like you. There's going to be ladies who want to be hanging out with you, you know. So there is that. That's not as big of a motivator in Milwaukee. I mean, in Milwaukee, because that culture isn't as widespread, I mean, you might walk into a bar and you'll get more free drinks than other people because they know, you know, oh, I don't want to mess with that guy. So I'll give him a few extra free drinks or something or, you know, dinner at a restaurant. So, I mean, I'm sure you get some perks, but I mean, there's just being a part of the crew. I don't think that a lot of people really like admired them the way they did in bigger cities. So it's really weird, the motivation in Milwaukee to join up. I don't know what it was. I mean, in the early years, it's definitely a cultural thing. But as time went on and the culture kind of faded, I don't know why anybody would want to join it. It really is a mystery to me. Do you think there's a possibility that, because I'm assuming that 
the idea of the the lower people. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure thinking that in Chicago, because the mafia was so much bigger, so much mm-hmm. more powerful, the people down at the bottom were making a lot more money than say in Milwaukee. That's possible. I mean, there's in, there's more people making money in Chicago. Yes. So would you say that? So you, are you thinking that they're making? There's more lower people making the same amount of money in Milwaukee because I see it as it's so much bigger. The people at at the bottom are probably making more money in Chicago than in Milwaukee. And possibly the people in Milwaukee could be looking at what's happening in Chicago and saying, well, we could build it to Chicago. Okay. And then we'll be making that kind of money. And that's where that motivation comes from. Do you think there's any? You, You could be on to something there. I mean, from what I know about Chicago, which isn't as much as Milwaukee, but I know Chicago pretty well. Yeah, there's there's more money to be had. And there aren't as many people who have day-to-day job. I mean, they do, but it's like more connected to the business. Like your day-to-day job is more likely to be like a bartender. And the bar is going to be a mob bar. Mm-hmm. So it totally makes sense that that's where you work and you hang out. Whereas, like, again, in Milwaukee, a lot of these guys, they worked at AMC. They worked at the car factory. And I I can't say that nobody did that in Chicago, but nothing's coming to mind. Is that like being like a thing? Whereas a lot of that happened in uh, Milwaukee because they would go to their job. And while they're at their job, they'd go around and they'd ask their coworkers, like, hey, who wants to get in on the basketball betting this week? It was so low level. It was just like it was piddly stuff compared to what you hear about in the other cities. That's so interesting because I've listened to, I mean, I've been sitting here listening to 26 episodes. Yeah. I believe it's 27 episodes, actually. Could be. Of this podcast. And if you would have asked me that question prior to recording this, I would have said, no, they were, they probably did very well for themselves. Just, yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of a shocking revelation to me. And I think some guys did and some guys didn't, but a lot of like, especially in, in the gambling, I mean, your low level, the, the lowest part of gambling is called the runner. And the runner isn't making anything. His whole job is to go out and take people's bets and then bring those bets to the bookie. The bookie might be making decent money. I mean, he's the one who's like handling the cash and he knows the odds. So he knows how to get paid out decently. I mean, the, again, he still has to kick some of that up. But yeah, like, I mean, at the very bottom of that, it's nothing. And. I think you can see that in many different things. I mean, even like hijacking a truck, right? You send a guy out to hijack a truck. Well, there's no money in that. I mean, you don't get money from hijacking a truck. You you bring it to the, you know, the pawn shop or wherever you got to bring it to, and you're going to get a percentage of what it's worth, sure. But you're not getting like if you if they say, "Oh, it was a $50,000 heist." You're not getting $50,000. I mean, you'd be lucky to get five out of that. And then you got to go back and give the top half of the mafia yeah. probably half of that money on top of the fact that you only got $5,000 for doing the heist. So you're probably only maybe. Right. And there's probably three people doing the heist. So they each only get right. like a piece of the 2500 bucks or whatever that's left right. over after it's all said and done. So that's what I'm saying. Like the... The newspapers will say these numbers, and I'm not saying the numbers are wrong, but they leave you with the wrong impression because they'll be like, oh, they took in this, you know, $1 million in basketball bets last year. That doesn't even mean they made a million dollars. They took in a million dollars in bets. 
which means they probably paid out, you know, half a million dollars in bets. So best case scenario, they've got half a million dollars and then they got to split it up amongst everybody. Um, and that's probably an exaggeration even there. But like the way that things are reported and of course reported in the courts as well, you want to have these big numbers. And of course, if you're in the mob, you want to say these big numbers because you want other people to be like, yeah, I've totally wanted part of that. Mm. But like when you actually like work the math out, nobody is coming out ahead on this. <laughs> like it's it all just boils down to practically nothing. I'm curious, too, because uh, one of the things I had thought about kind of ties into this question. And can you talk a little bit about a person in the mafia because mm-hmm. I think like you said with television mafia people are and we've touched on this a little bit but mafia people are are portrayed as you know hardcore criminals mm-hmm. going out killing people every day and that's what our head has in our mind yeah but the important thing and the things that I think we've talked about in some episodes is how how important family is to yeah. Italian people yeah. and mafia members and how important community is yeah can you just kind of talk about some of those things like how some of the things that you don't see from a criminal <laughs> from the <laughs> on the criminal side and some of the things that we might not talk about as much because we are talking about the crime side of it but yeah yeah like uh you know it's weird it's something that i don't fully understand like the psychology of it because yeah, like again, this is a, a big part of Italian culture. It's families are important. Not that families aren't important in other cultures, because everybody, you know, cares about family, but it's a it's a big thing. I mean, you you know who your cousins are, you know who your second cousins are, you know who your third cousins are, which you and I don't. Mm-hmm. But but there you do. Like you just know everybody in your community and how you're connected to them. If you need a favor from somebody, even if they don't know you, if you're like distantly related, you help them out. Growing up, traditionally, like the father is like the head of the household and, you know, he really kind of oversees everything. And not that, again, not that that's not normal in other households, but it seems much more firm, like in the Italian tradition. Like you don't even, you don't question it. You don't want to do anything that the father doesn't approve of, like, you don't even want to like get a job that he doesn't want you to get like and that's not a mob thing like that's just the the culture in general like that's how much say he has over the family so there's definitely that family is is crucially important which kind of is why the mafia works <laughs> because it's in a, it's in a culture where you're more loyal to your family members than you are to society as a whole. It enables the mafia yeah. to make all their members part of their family and leverage that, right? You know, allegiance to the family to to keep things tight and going. Right, and that's that's why mafia is an Italian thing. I mean, it's not that Italians are more criminal than anyone else. I mean, we should always be clear about that. They're not, but it's just it's part of the culture where if I know that my brother stole a car, right? No matter how much proof I have, like I know for a fact he stole a car. I am never going to tell the police as long as I live because my brother is more important to me 
than the person who got their car stolen. Mm-hmm. You know, which my brother has never stolen a car, just to be clear. But, well, at least as much, far as he knows. As far as I know. So, but I mean, but it's but it's things like that, and it and it goes further. You know, like no matter what it is that you're mixed up in, it's like you protect your own, and that's that plays into it. So you've got these bad apples, and you know, again, most people aren't criminal, but they're more than willing to kind of look the other way because they're like, yeah, you know, that's Johnny's kid. That's they'll handle it in their own way. So the culture does sort of play into that because that's how tight family is. And religion is is huge. And that, I don't get it. Again, I don't get the psychology of it, how you could one day be going out mugging somebody and and hijacking a truck, uh, you know, eventually killing somebody because sooner or later, a lot of these guys do end up, you know, killing. And then you go to church. You're a big donor to the church. You march in the parades with the church. You know, like it's, I think we've mentioned this before. Like there's a big overlap between big mob guys and big benefactors in the church. And it makes no sense whatsoever. Because, I mean, if you're a religious person, you know you can't kill somebody. <laughs> and, and God's pretty happy about that. You know, like that's not okay. But for whatever reason there is that overlap and it's so strange to me and in like i don't think it's like you know a cover-up or a fake or whatever like i think these guys legitimately do care about their community they want to donate they want to help out they're they're kind of nice guys uh there was a, a movie that came out about a year ago called Gotti with john travolta um it's a terrible movie but <laughs> but but there's a scene and it's accurate it really happened where, like, John Gotti, for the 4th of July, he ends up buying an ass ton of fireworks. And they launch off fireworks in the community. And, like, he's not doing it to, like, have people kiss his butt. He just wants everybody to like him. So he's like, I'm going to throw my own party, launch my fireworks, everybody come on over to my house, have some hot dogs, you know? And, and that's just kind of how it is. Like, it's he's not trying to, like, buy their cooperation, it's just part of the culture. It's like, I have to give back to the community. So uh, by no means do I want to suggest the mafia guys are good guys, but they do have certain values that they follow. I'm curious. So, and now I should preface this question with saying that uh, to the best of my knowledge, you do not know any mafia members, correct? You know, never known a real mafia member or anything like that. I, I do not know... That I know any mafia members. Okay, all right. I know. I, I know. I. I mean, I know somebody who the FBI says is, but I don't know if that's okay. true. I tend to doubt that. Okay. Well, this question is basically: I walk into, I meet a mafia member. Yes. In my head, from television and things like that, a mafia member is somebody that I should watch what I say to, because mm-hmm. I don't want to trip off their temper. And have them uh, kill me or something like that. Sure. Do you think from the research that you've done that that would be a typical prototype of a mafia member? Or is a mafia member just going to be another guy that just happens to have a job doing illegal things? For the most part, it's just going to be another guy. Uh, and this, again, this could vary. In, in, in Milwaukee, you're pretty much not going to know the difference. I mean, you know if you know, because, of course, there's always the rumors and people kind of know who's who. But anybody I've talked to who did know 
these guys, because a lot of them, you know, were well known mm. in the neighborhood. Everyone's always says the same thing. They were a really nice guy. They were funny. They told some good jokes, you know. Like, nobody ever was like, oh, you had to be careful around that guy. <laughs> like, like on a normal day-to-day basis, they seemed like they were normal, nice people. With like, the- I mean, it might, it, there might be, there are exceptions. I mean, there's like a guy in Chicago whose name was Mad Sam, and we'll probably talk about him at some point, but Mad, but Mad Sam was called Mad Sam for a reason, and that's that he was completely nuts. So you don't want to make him mad because you don't know what he's going to do. And there was but, a guy. But there's in, that, you know. And there was a guy that I think, and I believe he was from Chicago too, that we talked about in a previous episode, which I think would be an exception to this. And remember that you had said he was not actually Italian. So he must have worked in the Capone part of the things. Okay. And he was like a, he was their hitman, more or less. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple guys like that. I think who you're probably referring to is a a man named uh, Frankie, I might be saying his last name wrong, uh, Schweiz. He was known as Frankie the German. I think that was the guy, yeah. And, yeah, um, he, I don't even know how many people they hired him to kill, you know, a dozen or more easily. So, yeah. But I mean, he was probably could, one of those. Could have been a really nice guy during the day. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. But but, but just based on that, you would kind of think, yeah. well, maybe not. Yeah. So, all right. Um, do you have any other points you want to put into this question? Or uh, I suppose not. I mean, we kind of we kind of trailed around a little bit there. Seems pretty good. All right, then we will wrap this episode up. We're going to be doing these for the next three. Yep. weeks after this week so four total yeah there'll be four there'll be four total so i can kind of don't have to put the notes together as much yeah. just kind of ramble and then we'll be back after that with what we'll, we're calling our second season and yep. that'll kick off with a new story so thanks everybody for tuning in gavin hit them with some contact information sure you can go to milwaukeemafia.com and find all the writing that hasn't been turned into books yet, you can email me at milwaukeemafia at gmail.com, or you can do what most people seem to do, which is go to facebook.com slash milwaukeemafia. I hear from more people through Facebook than any other way, um, and that's fine, too. I check that as well. So whichever way is best for you, it's fine by me. Cool, and please, if you do have a question, we probably do send it off to us. We probably won't get to, well, I believe Gavin, you're answering everybody's questions directly. To I do. Them, but we will save that question also. And when we hit the end of the next season, yes, we will just continue on. And yeah, any questions that come in, I do answer them right away, but, but then we set them aside so that and everybody else can hear the answer to at some point. So, all right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another episode. Have a good one. Thanks for tuning in to the Milwaukee Mafia podcast. Join us next week for another look back at Wisconsin Mafia and true crime history.